<sighs> okay, so I've been watching these movies, and lately I feel like the Lord has caught me away from entertainment. Really, a lot of the entertainment that's like corrupt sex, murder, you know, drugs, different things like that. But I've been feeling like I have to emerge myself into these things lately. Because this is real life, you know, and these even though that's not an excuse to corrupt my mind and kill brain cells with a lot of this stuff I've been watching and just harden my heart towards a lot of things that's going on in this world. It's just, you know, I've been trying to learn. I've been trying to find the message from God in these movies, like warnings, what not to do, not to seek revenge, to leave vengeance in his hands, because vengeance is mine, said the Lord. The outcome of this situation, how nobody wins. And just um, a reminder of how things can be worse, reminder of what goes on in this world and how people move forward, how people find ways to, you know, turn bad situations into good outcomes, solutions, and how they pick up and either they decide to be the worst or they decide to make the situation, not allow that situation make them a worse person and instead be the difference in someone else's life. Just motivation to move forward. That's what I look for. I learn. And, you know, the Lord said something to me about a year ago. He said, um, it's what you put into the movie. It's what you put into what you watch and what you entertain yourself with. You know, whatever you do, always be learning. Always be learning. So that's that's the important part. So as far as this movie, I was just watching called Bad Reputation. I was doing I was I was working hard not to allow this movie to encourage me to want revenge or to seek or find any type of um relief or solitude or solace, excuse me, not solitude, but solace and um in the revenge plot of this movie. So this movie is about a girl who was gang raped at a party and girls who um, decided that they were jealous because it was their boyfriends that did it, and they they decided to harass her at school and ruin her reputation. She turned around and she murdered every one of them, well, except for one, who actually in turn murdered her towards the end. And I believe that the only reason her life was spared was because she actually cared her a little bit, a little bit. But what the girl said to her was your worst because you watched this happen and you pretended to, like, not pretended to care, but you didn't do anything about it, so you're worse than all of them. Now, this is something that I feel like the Lord has been placing on my heart for, like, the entirety of this situation. So many, like, not even so many people, but a few people have, you know, have said to me, you know, you are possibly worse than each and every single last one of these people that you claim are the abusers in your situation because you don't take accountability and you play the victim and you're possibly worse than all of them because you are you know playing the humble sweet 
you know, innocent role, like as if you are not wrong. And, you know, it's amazing because it feels as if the Lord was kind of telling me this and saying this to me when he said, humble yourself before my father. He said that to me, not to them, even though they were the ones who were attacking and tormenting me. He said that to me. And for a while, I didn't understand it, but I started to understand it. You know, after what I had gone through, I realized that, you know, it was so much about myself that I wasn't really sober minded or really, you know, aware of where I was feeling as if a lot of times my sin wasn't as bad as other sin. And a lot of times I was feeling as if I'm not as bad as them. You know, I may be bad and I may have done these things, but I'm not as bad as this person. I haven't done that. You know, kind of feeling like, you know, I stole a candy bar from this from the store, but I didn't murder somebody in cold blood. There's no way I'm the same kind of sinner that they are. But the Bible says all sin is equal. And God does not hate us. He hates sin. And if you get into heaven, it's never about your goodness, but because of God's goodness, because if it was ever about your goodness, none of us would make it. So. All of us are sinners. None of us are fallen short of sin. We have all sinned before in our lives. Each and every single last one of us are guilty of that. But that is why Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of all of our sins. So that's always something to take into account when you want to jump to judge someone for what they've done. A lot of times we are not aware of our own sin and how filthy we are. And I'll never forget the trial in heaven when the Lord said to me, You are filthy and full of sin. Regardless of whatever it is that they have done to you, you would have gone to hell for what you've done. Even though this situation, they tried to kill you and you and you didn't do anything in particular this time to them. You still would have gone to hell if you had died, even if they had killed you the way that they were intending to. You would have gone to hell for what you ha- the life you were living beforehand, the sin you were full of. So, I was floored. I was, you know, humbled. I was immediately humbled in God's presence when I had to realize and take a step back and take a look at myself and realize that I am not innocent in this situation. I am extremely guilty of sin. And even if I had died just walking and getting hit by a bus or in a car crash or from a plane crash or just, you know, in the wrong place at the wrong time, I would have gone to hell because of the life that I wasn't taking accountability for beforehand. Any day at any time you can die, that can be your last breath. And are you prepared to see Jesus? Are you prepared for judgment day on that day at that time? That's something that humbled me extremely because I had to take accountability. And so ever since I've been trying to remind myself, don't feel better than somebody. Don't feel like you're wrong, I'm right. You're evil, I'm good. I'm righteous, you're, you know, wicked. Don't put your place, don't put yourself in a place above anybody because you don't know where you may fall on a scale of who's more wrong and who's more right, you may think someone is the most filthy sinner in the world and they may have a better chance than you in he- at heaven. 
or a better chance than you at, you know, salvation because we're all forgiven. Jesus died on the cross for all of our, all of our, you know, for all of us to receive forgiveness. But, um, that has been like the main thing I try to remind myself every single day to humble myself. I do the best that I can to remind myself when I want to jump to accuse someone of things that they've done or if I want to jump to, you know, feel offended by the way that I'm being treated or the things that I'm going through. I try and remember these things every day to humble myself. And though I'm fighting so many different things on so many different levels that want to keep me from realizing and remembering and, you know, um, holding on to all that I've learned from God and how, how much he's transferred me in this process, it's still no excuse. I have to take these things into account. So when in, in the mo- at the end of this movie, when she said, you're worse than all of them because you sat there and you did nothing, that's something that the Lord has been screaming at me like my whole life. Bullies, they are really bad. They can be really tough. But it almost seems as if bystanders are worse. If you stand by and you do nothing while others do these things, thinking as if you are better than them because you aren't doing it, you may possibly be worse than the people who are actually doing these things. The Bible says, I'd rather you be hot or cold. If you are lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. What he means is I'd rather you be I'd rather you be full on righteous and full on living a holy righteous life or I'd rather you be absolutely cold and do not seek the Lord and you know wicked and whatever. You you are absolutely you know full of you you you're absolutely decided on being against God. I'd rather you be that than to be in the middle. You know, sometimes I'm, you know, on fire for the Lord or I claim to be on fire for the Lord. But a lot of times I'm not walking in accordance to this Bible. A lot of times I'm not obeying the Ten Commandments. A lot of times I'm not thinking of God and all that I do. Because he will spit you out of your mouth, out of his mouth when you are lukewarm. He'd rather you be hot or cold. He'd rather you pick a side and stay on it. So that's something I also, you know, try and remind myself of every day when I feel as if I'm backslidden, I'm falling into a lukewarm lifestyle where I claim to love God. I claim to be righteous, but am I really living a righteous, holy life? Am I on fire for the Lord? Am I hot? You know, when you are fully dedicated to him, you're applying his word to your heart and you're doing everything that you can to turn away from your sin and to dedicate your life to the Lord and think of him in all that you do. So I know that I've been backslidden. The Lord has given me a warning earlier last year about being lukewarm and about having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, which means he's placed power inside of you in order to save souls, in order to dedicate your life to him. Your life does not belong to you. It belongs to him when you give it to him, and you have to dedicate that to him. And we are not living your life that way. We are not dedicating your life to the Lord. You know, you become lukewarm. You you have a form of power. You have a power. 
and you're denying the the godliness. You're denying the godliness in that power, meaning you're not using your power to save souls. You're not using your power to get the the good news out about Jesus Christ. You're not using your power to, you know, educate people about the Lord and try and help them and, you know, motivate them in the right direction, you know, and get them back to God. The Bible says if you turn the sinner away from their sin and get them back to the Lord, you cover a multitude of sins. The Bible also says that there is a parable of two men. One man, he was holy. He was righteous. He came into the temple. He said, Lord, I am righteous. I am holy. I am right. You know, I am your servant. But this man, he is a tax collector. He is a sinner. He is going to hell. And the tax collector came into the, the temple and he, he dropped to his knees and he ripped his clothes open. And he said, Lord, I am a filthy sinner. Please forgive me. Jesus said, who do you believe is, you know, entering heaven that day? It would be the tax collector, the one who was humble enough to realize he is a sinner and admit it and acknowledge it. Not the man who comes in there believing he is so righteous and so holy when we are all full of filthy sin. None of us are clean you need the lord to cleanse your heart and you have to work at that daily and it's hard work it's not easy so me taking the easy route oftentimes i feel like i'm gravitating towards being that person that comes into the, the temple and says i'm the righteous holy one lord they're the sinners and i don't ever want to be that person because the lord he doesn't respond to that you don't move him when you behave in that manner, when you have that kind of attitude, believing as if you are better than others. So I do what I can to be reminded of all that the Lord has taught me in this process, how much he's transformed me and who I was at one point believing I'm just this and I'm that, but they're this and they're that. You know, never point the finger, never compare your lives to others, never assume that you're in a better position than them because we are all in the same boat. All of us. And so that just struck like my heart, you know, towards in the movie, it struck my heart. The girl who was so broken down, she became a murderer. She just killed everybody who, you know, played a part in the happens to her. She was wrong because she should have left revenge in the Lord's hands. You reap what you sow and the Lord will have, you know, rendered out justice the way justice should have could have been and should have been rendered out it was not for her to judge and play god and kill these people though what happened to her was brutal heinous and so unfair and sometimes we may feel like we need to render out justice by our own means and our with our own hand we need to do it ourselves because it feels like god is not responding or god doesn't care what happened to us or god's going to let them get away with it but something I've also learned, it was a story that I heard when I was younger. And this story went like, um, this man, or I don't know if it was a man or a woman, I don't remember, but this person, they, you know, something happened to them. Something really bad happened to them at the hands of someone. And they decided to go and bring harm to this person. And in the end, after they brought harm to this person, they they were judged harshly, more harshly. They were judged, you know, more harshly than the person who did what they did because the Lord had plans. The Lord had plans for what he was going to do to that person for what they did. Yes, what that person did was absolutely horrendous. But 
They didn't know what that person was going through. They didn't know the life of that person. They didn't know what that person was dealing with. I think it was something concerning like cancer and recently losing like a mother or brother or sister, someone really close to them from cancer, you know, really bad hardships leading up to that, you know, think that circumstance and know that's never an excuse for you to take it out on other people in this world. But what you don't understand is that we all have stories. We're all going through things. And there's many different reasons for why we all operate in the way that we operate and why we do the things that we do. And only God knows everything. Only God understands why we do the things that we do, which is why it's best to leave it up to him to seek vengeance on someone because he will render it out perfectly. He is a perfect judge. You can trust him with that. Anybody who's done you wrong, they will have reaped what they've sown. The Lord will handle it. Maybe nothing will happen to them, but you have to be okay with that. You have to move on. You have to forgive. You have to forgive for you. Because when you are worried about someone suffering the way you have suffered, you are carrying a burden and carrying around weight that just isn't worth carrying. It's harder on you every single day. You suffer whatever they've done to you a million times over each and every single time. You don't let it go. Anytime it crosses your mind, anytime you're reminded of what's happened to you and you won't forgive them, you're carrying that. It's stabbing you over and over and over again in your heart. So the Lord told me that years ago and it's been brought up recently as well, you know, about forgiveness. He gave me forgiveness. The Lord had gifted me forgiveness years ago when I was struggling to forgive someone. And the Lord had reminded me probably at for the third time at this point that I was carrying around a lot of anger and that I was ready to fight at any point. And he had been warning me since I was young. You don't know if the next fight you'll get into, you may end up murdering someone with your bare hands because you are out of control and you are angry. And it, just, it can just happen like that. You just don't know. These things escalate quickly. Anything can happen in a split second. And if you wind up murdering someone with your bare hands, you can go to jail for murder or anything else could happen. You don't know what could happen, but you will have to live with that for the rest of your life. And you would have thought that it would have just been a simple fight, a simple spat, nothing big, nothing major like murder. And I wasn't listening to him. Every time he warned me, I was still, every day I go outside waiting for someone to say something to me so I could fight them. Because I was so filled with rage and anger from years of being bullied and tortured and treated as if I was the kind of person that would not stand up for myself. So I wanted to be that person who if anybody tried me, I was going to prove it on them. I was, I just had a point to prove. And the Lord gave me a vision. And it was so real. And I usually don't have visions like this, but it was so real. And I was at a festival or some sort of like cookout, you know, black party. I don't know. And I was hanging with a group of girls similar to how I usually was hanging around that around this time. My sister was there. Her friends were there. And all I know is this girl, random girl, she just walked up to the group and she was just talking. And I was just talking with them and I was just like, yeah, you know, 
we we didn't know them. Usually we don't just get super cool people we don't know, but we are kind of friendly, so we would like include them in the conversation. They just walked up and they were kind of cool. But I just start talking. And every time I said something, the girl was like saying smart remarks like, what, huh? Why are you talking? Stuff like that. Different stuff like that. She didn't say that literally, but it was just kind of like that in a way, like just so much attitude towards me randomly out of nowhere. And I didn't know what I did to her. I didn't know if I knew her before. I didn't know her. And I didn't, you know, I never shot eyes at her. Anything wasn't like a meme mug or anything. But I was thinking like maybe she thought that I was like looking like I had a problem with her or something. She, I ignored it the first couple of times. I just ignored it. Like maybe she doesn't. Maybe she doesn't mean it like that. Maybe that's just how she talks. Some people talk with the attitude. Some people talk aggressively. Some people don't even mean to come off that way. That's just how they are. I'm like, maybe that's just how she talks. But she kept doing it. And then I said something like, um, you got a problem? Or something like that. And then she was like, and if I did? And then it just escalated from there. Me and this girl, we started fighting. I rolled over on top of her and I was just punching her in her face. And when I was punching her in her face, I didn't even feel like I was really hitting her that hard. I really feel like I'm not even hitting her as hard as I could. But I hit her one good time and her entire skull cracked open. And it exposed meat and blood and brains and skull. And I was horrified sitting over her body like that. She was dead, she was gone. I was horrified and it felt so real. And I was like thinking like, I wasn't even out of shock yet. Like, what am I gonna do? Like she, like I just murdered somebody in a fist fight. And then I woke up and I had always been praying for years. Lord, before something truly horrendous or horrible happens to me in my life, give me a realistic vision so that I can know, you know, the, the dangers of this. So that I can be warned and I walk away and I will stop my behavior before it gets to that point. He didn't he didn't usually always he didn't usually give me visions like that. He like that's mercy. That's grace for the Lord to warn you in that way. But he must have felt like this is something he needed to do in order to save my life because of the way that I behave on a daily basis, my attitude towards life. I woke up from that vision. I was so relieved. It was a dream. I had never had a dream that realistic before. But I was so relieved. It was a dream. But I also was convicted. Conviction set in. And I immediately felt like... I can't even deny it anymore. I can't even ignore it anymore. I can't roll roll it off anymore. I can't pretend anymore like I didn't hear you like you're not warning me that was so clear it cannot be denied I can't you know make up an excuse as oh I didn't know what you meant it wasn't clear enough your signs weren't clear enough I wasn't really getting the message you I didn't understand none of that it was just clear and that was it and when I woke up from that vision I said to the Lord Lord I hear you I hear you and I'm wrong and I've been wrong, and you have been telling me, and I've been ignoring you, and I get it. I get what you mean about my attitude, and I also get what you mean about how I kind of, like, ignore what I want to ignore. And I kind of, like, know what you're saying, but I, in a way, 
don't want to admit that I'm no, I'm knowing what you're saying. I can't ignore that. I get it clear as day. He kind of did check me in a way where he's like, yeah, you do that a lot. You act like you don't know what my signs are, you know, and at the same time, you know, you know, a lot of times you don't take a message. I've been saying this to you for years and I'm not always going to make things this clear for you. I'm not going to just you know, give you visions that are that clear where you can't ignore them anymore all the time. I'm not going to keep, I'm not going to always do that for you and protect you from yourself like that. Every time I'm telling you, you just need to listen. And it's just, it's a realization. That's a gift. That's really a gift for the Lord to make something so clear like that for him to show you something so clear like that, where it feels as if you, it really happened and you get to wake up. You actually get to wake up from that reality and it not be your reality because so many times different things happen in this world and you wish you could wake up. You don't get to wake up. I got to wake up. It felt that real. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't deny it anymore. I had to move forward from that moment and make the Lord a promise that I was going to watch my attitude and I was going to take into account how I do look for fights in the way I'm looking for a fight. My attitude sometimes gravitates, you know, in that direction where I'm waiting for opportunity to prove that I have it in me, that I'm, I really can fight. You know, I've always been able to fight, but I just never wanted to take the opportunities that were given because I didn't feel like there were real reasons to fight like that over. And in reality, there's no real reason to fight like that over not flesh and blood. The only real reason you should ever have to fight like that, like it's for life or death, is for your soul, not to go to hell. You have to put that in, that energy into the right direction. So that day, I was convicted. I woke up and I was just like, in that moment, like, he just allowed me to stay with him, and I had to, because I was even upset at him. For a minute, I was so mad at him for the conviction, for being convicted and being called out for my behavior, because I felt like if anybody knows why I'm like this, God, you do. You know why I'm like this, because when I was younger, I came to you every time I was bullied and picked on, and every single time, they used to make me feel like I didn't know how to fight. I can't fight. I'm the one who can be played over and picked with every single time. Every single time I come to you and you tell me to give it to you. You tell me to be the kind of person that walks away. You tell me that it will all pay off one day. And it hasn't. They still see me as this person that anybody can play over. And get away with it because I would never do nothing. And that's why I was so angry. And so he allowed me to stay with him. And I went and I took a bath. Because I feel like the Lord led me to take a bath. I went and took a bath. And I calmed down. When I was there, the Lord said, you have to give me that. You have to give me that unforgiveness in your heart. You are extremely angry at someone right now. And I'm afraid for you. You have to give it to me. And I didn't want to. I said, well, God, this person has really done it. 
Like this is this is it. I'm tired of being picked over and played over. And I'm tired of people feeling like I'm the one out of everybody in the crowd that they can do that with. I'm tired of it. The Lord said, you have to give it to me. And so in that moment, I said, he said, do you trust me? I said, I trust you. He said, so give it to me. And I gave it to him. And I decided to forgive that person and let go whatever it was. Because I had promised the next time I seen them, I was going to fight them like that. But after that vision, I knew I couldn't fight like that every year or even plan to or think about things like that. I could never let my mind go to a place like that. And, or my heart. I gave it to the Lord and he gave me forgiveness. He, he gifted me with forgiveness and it was so freeing. It was like, it was like the best gift I had ever received. When the Lord says forgiveness is the best gift you could ever give anybody, it is not just something that he says in order to make you feel better about it. For real, it's the best thing you can ever receive. He gave me forgiveness. When I received forgiveness that day, everything fell off of me in that tub. Everything fell off of me in the water. It just fell and I felt so light. I felt light as a feather. Like the burdens, the unforgiveness, the hatred, the anger, all of it just fell. It just dropped off of me. Like I came out of this big weighted heavy shell, like chains broke off of me and it was so easy. And I realized the Lord, when it says in the Bible, his yoke is easy. His yoke is easy. It was so easy. It's not always easy in life, but with God, it's easy. And we laughed, and I felt real joy and real peace with God. And we talked about how, how great forgiveness feels and how heavy of a burden unforgiveness truly is. He gifted me with that. And something else I can't remember right now. But the forgiveness was the, that was definitely the everything. It was the steak. That was the meat. He gifted me with forgiveness. And ever since, like, I didn't think about that for years, that that vision. But that moment, I'll never forget. Even if I don't remember the vision and the anger. That I was carrying for so long. I would never forget that moment with God. When he gifted me forgiveness. He showed me a new way. And I just promised to try harder moving forward. To work on my attitude. And for a while for years. I still did kind of carry that attitude a little bit. Where I was still looking for a fight. Or ready to fight. I didn't feel I was looking for a fight. But you just don't understand like how these things kind of connect to each other they're like chain links when you're ready for a fight you're looking for a fight when you're angry you know you are hateful different things like that you know they're connected so he has given me so many gifts like that the lord has been preparing me and now you know, things actually are paying off as he said that they would. 
But he's also reminding me that they could have never paid off in the way that I, you know, you know, expected or somehow felt entitled to. And I would have still been every bit of responsible for the type of person I was deciding to be every single day. Even if these things didn't pan out the way that they are panning out now, I still would have been every bit of responsibility, excuse me, every bit of responsible for heeding God's warnings and signs every single day of my life. And he would tell me, you may stray, but you don't stray far. Because there's so many different things out in this world you can get into. There's so many different attitudes you can adapt. There are so many different things that can really pull you further and further and further out of God's presence. But he was keeping his eye on me. And even in all of this, I still feel a sense of maybe feeling as if I was somehow more kept or more favored or more anointed or more, you know, or better than others. And I'm not, I'm not better than anybody. None of us are better than each other. We are all in the same boat. So he's keeping you too. You know, he doesn't allow you to stray far either. You are his child. He loves you. He loves all of us. He's there for us. So Fast forward, and lately I've been feeling a sense of heaviness. This heaviness, this pressure, pressure to operate in unforgiveness, pressure to operate, you know, in with a vengeful attitude, wanting revenge, pressure to blame these different individuals who played a part in my, you know, torture or torment or just different traumatic situations that have happened as of late, I've been feeling pressure to blame them, pressure to hold it against them. And I'm looking, oftentimes looking for the signs, the signs and everything that I do and everything that I watch and everything that the Lord is making me to be, the signs from him that are indicating what he wants me to know. And I think that this movie, you know, was great for that. And for reference, it's called Bad Reputation. And as I've said, it's about a girl who's going to a party who was gang raped. And other girls decided to bully her, torment her, torture her after it. You know, because of their jealousy that the fact that it was their boyfriends and she went back and murdered each and every single last one of them. In the end, she died. But right before she died, I feel that she received a release. A release of everything she was harboring and carrying. And all I could think about throughout her brutal murders, you know, her dismembering, you know, different guys and girls with her, you know, calculatedness, how she switched different outfits in order to, you know, follow through with her plans, just the lack of remorse and just the, you know, um, determination 
to seek revenge on these different individuals. Throughout the movie, you know, I felt, I felt um, how much must she be caring in order for that attitude to feel like, for her to feel like that's, that's, that attitude is justified. That's the only way to handle it. And, you know, I've been abused and I understand that sometimes it feels like rape can be worse than murder. When someone rapes you, it's like they kill you, but you have to still walk around. You're dead inside. When someone takes something like that from you, you feel dead inside. And it feels like it's torture every single day to still be living on this earth knowing what someone has taken from you and how they have abused your body, which is God's temple. And don't think that the Lord doesn't hurt 10 times as much as you hurt. He feels your pain 10 times as much. He doesn't feel that it's okay for individuals to get away with that kind of abuse of you. And they will have to answer to him. There are consequences to these things. But you have to allow the Lord to have vengeance. Allow the Lord to do it because he will do it perfectly. So, with the way that she did things brutally and different things like that, I felt like, now, how has the Lord kept me from that kind of attitude in life? Now, I'm not bragging because I'm sure there's a lot of people who are like, probably possibly thinking, you're bragging because you allow someone to get away with that or you just felt like, you know, forgiveness is the way to go. Everybody doesn't agree with that. Everybody is not built like that. Everybody doesn't naturally gravitate towards that direction. That's not as easy as it sounds or maybe no one thinks that that's even worth it. But in reality, it is so worth it. Because not that this always happens, but in the end, she died. She was killed because she was going to go far enough to kill someone who had absolutely nothing to do with it. You know, though this person stood around and knew, kind of knew what happened, she, she, she really didn't appreciate or, you know, benefit from seeing her harm like that but something else that was also taken into account was how the girl who she said was worse than all of them you know immediately when she said that you kind of take into account that you know maybe she was really aware fully of what happened at night how she was gang raped and roofied and everything and maybe that does that is you know Maybe it does matter, but the fact of the matter is all sin is equal. Nobody is worse than anybody, you know? We're all sinners. But that is something that I feel like the Lord was leading me to understand. When you condemn others and convict others, and you may stand at a distance feeling like they are so wrong, you know? I can't believe how disgusting they are or that they will behave in this manner. You may be neglecting to see the log in your own eye. Take the log out of your own eye before you can clear the speck out of your brothers because only then will you be able to see correctly your own sin, how wrong you are. So, I feel the Lord has been screaming that at me. And... I love him so much for keeping me. 
I love him so much for keeping his people, for keeping his children. I try to take this into account when I am suffering in his name, you know, and I don't want to still sound like I am holier than thou. I'm just trying to, you know, bring it to perspective, you know, the different things that I go through on a daily basis, because I don't want to sound like a complainer that I'm bringing these things up because something that the Lord has reminded me, don't always bring up the things you've done for others. You you give and expect nothing in return. And don't always consider what you are having to go through in God's name because he's going to account for all the things you weren't always thinking about or worried about or counting. You know, the Lord keeps counting ways we may never imagine. That is something, that is a word he had given me in 2020. He keeps counting ways that you will never imagine. So that means that the things that you're probably thinking, I'm such a good person for this, or I'm doing the Lord's work in this way, or different things like that, he may not even be keeping count in that way. He may be keeping count in ways that you aren't even, you know, fully taking into account. And that's something I was reminded of when he sent me to give this woman her rapture message, her rapture invitation. She said, the things that I do, you know, not being judgmental or prejudiced and, you know, being willing to give someone a close of my back or offering my home up to any stranger or just not, you know, being so quick to judge. Those things are just who I am. I never thought that I would ever receive any sort of recognition for that. I never thought in a million years that the Lord would want me to be raptured, that I had a possibility of ever making it me of all people. And I wanted to tell her all the wonderful things she had in store and the suffering and the torture she may have to endure up until the rapture because of, you know, the revelation and how we will have to endure the the tribulation, you know, the torture of Satan in order to pull souls out of, you know, away from that and keep them from being raptured. But, um... It also brought something else into perspective for me. One thing, the ones who see you will see you. When you are a blessing, we are sent to be one. The people who know will know. The people who are, you don't ever have to be somebody you're not because the people who are worth even caring about their opinion will accept you for who you are and love you for who you are and see you for what you're worth. You don't ever have to prove that to anybody. And two, the Lord is keeping count in ways you may never imagine. You may think, I'm never, I'm the last person in a million years that deserves heaven. And you may be the person who's on the list. You may be in a better position than someone who you believe is the saint, Mother Teresa. The fact of the matter is that the Lord sees you. He sees your heart. He searches the heart. He knows your intent. And so that's also something I feel like the Lord has been bringing into perspective because not that I want to keep bringing this up, but with him saying, maybe for me, he said, you may be so much further than you ever imagined. And that was so eye opening. But also he said that for someone else, you know, in a way he said, maybe this person will be raptured. And I didn't know why he was telling me, but, you know, it'll all. It'll all work out. It'll all be brought into perspective in due time. But considering this person, how they may seem, how they may look, how they may carry themselves, 
you know, compared to certain things and how you believe that others should carry themselves or act or treat others, it may seem as if they're the last person who could ever have a chance, including myself. So that's something I also need to stay aware of. But this person has a chance of being raptured. And to be honest, when I first heard it, I said to myself, hmm, in an odd way, I kind of can see, you know, what the Lord can see in him somewhat, like in some way. But maybe that's the Lord telling me and showing me what he sees in him. But in other ways, it was like, man, God is so interesting. He's so interesting. He's so perfect. He's so God. Because if left up to this world or if left up to people in this world, people like me would never get a chance to have it. No one would choose me. No one would know who I am deep inside, who I really am, and things I hope for and wish for in this world, things I want to happen, how I want to be the difference, how I want to make a difference. You know, the kind of person I dream of being, the, the kind of world I dream of living in, the kind of love I never plan on not showing. You know, but the Lord sees all of that, regardless of what the world sees you as. And so, I just thought it was pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Like, and it just brings into perspective how I only want God to be my judge ever. Ever. I only want God to judge me. I don't care who shows up. Like, I could judge you, and I could do this, and I could do that, and I can do all that God does and more. I would never want you to do it because he opens my eyes to things that I possibly couldn't even see. He knows me better than I'll ever know myself. And he does it in a way where it shows and it proves how he knows everything, how he's perfect, how he is God alone, Alpha and Omega. He just does it, you know, and if left up to anybody else, these things would be overlooked or abused. I love him for that. Like, a lot of us want to believe, well, if you're choosing me, I want it to be you. You can be my judge. Or a lot of people want to, want to believe that you can see all these things and it seems that you're so fair and it seems like you have it down packed. And it seems like you're just so good at everything. I want you to do it. But no one sees everything like God. And when he does it, he amazes you and he proves why he's God alone and why he deserves to be God. Not that he should have to deserve it, but why he's worthy to be praised. So I love him for it. I love him for opening up my eyes. I love him for waking me up. I love him for seeing the worth in me when I ain't seen it in myself. I love him for seeing the worth in us. We oftentimes neglect the seed in ourselves. I love him for not giving up on mankind. As many reasons as we may give him to do so. I love him for being so patient so that we all may be brought to repentance when he could just snatch up the good ones right now. And he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. He's everything you need to be, need him to be at all times. And he's never tired. He's never tired. I love him for this. I love him for being so perfect. So 
concerning a lot of these different reasons in the world that it feels like, you know, things may make sense or seem to fit. None of it makes sense to me anymore. I mean, I won't say none of it makes sense to me anymore, but because of the discernment that the Lord has given me, I always try and dig deeper. Like that makes obvious sense. But what about what the Lord sees? Because after what he's shown me and what he really looks at and thinks that he truly counts, these things are hidden so deep and they're so amazing. It's like, excuse me, not just your average, you know, volunteer at the, you know, homeless shelter, not just your average priest or pastor, not just your average charity donator, you know, the person, you know, who might be in jail or prison, the person who might be a murderer, the person who might be the liar, the cheater, the schemer, that person, the Lord sees their heart and he still counts them. We need him. We need him. He sees us as worth it. He knows us. He's always there. He knows all of our prayers. He knows our hopes and dreams, our hearts and desires. And he's going to tailor it and transform it perfectly for each and every single last one of us. We are his creations. We are his clay. He molds us. So you can't even ask why or how. Because you never ask the potter why he formed the clay or how he's formed the clay in the way that he has. Some are made for special occasions. Others are made for trash bins, but all have a purpose here in this world. Everything happens for a reason. So, I love God. I love him so much and I want to be better for him. Not, you know... Because of attention, not because, oh my gosh, God has shown up in such a way, that too. But, you know, because he's worthy and he's shown, he's shown me so much. He's the truth. He's everything. And he's so patient with me. When I doubt myself. When I'm giving up on me, on others, even on him sometimes, he's patient with me. So, I just wanted to come on here and talk about that. I wonder if the Lord will build on that message, you know? How sometimes it seems that you can be worse than everyone else, feeling as if you are righteous, you are holy. You are set apart, you know, you are favored, you are anointed, you are this calling, chosen one, you know. You may be worse than the people who are like, I hate God. I'm just, I hate good. And I'm wicked, you know, and I like being wicked. I love being wicked. You may be worse than this person, this individual. You may be worse. So that's also something I've been wanting to work on in, in practice not becoming this person because all that the Lord has shown me and everything that he's provided for me not becoming this person that becomes so full of you know these messages these words that I fail to see 
you you know humanity as it is that I'm just human. I'm not perfect. <clears throat> Excuse me. I make mistakes. And you know, I need forgiveness just as much as anybody else in this world. So That's just something I've been thinking about. Something I want to, you know, linger on. But also, I, I don't want to... I also still don't want to let nobody infiltrate my relationship with God in a way where they're making me feel like, you know, it's okay to sin. It's okay to, you know like not uphold the word and be and walk in accordance with the with the law of the bible it's okay to not do everything and not do all those things because when it comes down to it you know no one can do everything and nobody can be perfect you don't want to make excuses but you also want to understand you know The Lord is planned for everything. He's planned for everything someone is doing or going through. He's planned for that. You know, maybe he hopes for us to be better and do better and make better choices and decisions. But his will trumps everything. Whatever is meant for bad, he will turn around for good. So I love him for this. And he is speaking to me. This is what gives me hope to keep fighting for different individuals in my life and not give up on them. Because no matter what it is that they're doing, no matter how exhausted I may be, the Lord, you know, he never gives up on me. He's never given up on anybody. So, I can't listen to Satan, you know, when he wants to make you believe, like, that's enough. This person doesn't deserve for you to keep fighting for them anymore. Someone even said to me within the last couple of months, God doesn't deserve you. I've heard that before. And I was like, you know, I don't know where you have to be in your walk with God. Where those words actually mean something. But to me, I feel like God doesn't deserve you. That seems like the most obvious sign that someone is trying to deceive you away from him. God doesn't deserve me. And not the other way around, that I don't deserve God. You know? But, um... I love him so much for bringing these things into perspective. He's warning me. He's covering me. He's carrying me. And you too. It's not just about me. So.